I'd like to draw your attention to the passage that was read in our hearing just a few moments ago. John chapter 21. I believe that the passage that was read, most of you are probably thinking, I'm going to preach on loving Jesus. Well, that'd be a great message, and I've done that, all right? Uh, Facing the future, loving the Lord Jesus Christ was a recent message that I developed, and that's not the message today. The message today for both graduates and everyone in my hearing is a message about following Jesus. That is our first responsibility. All of us, every one of us, not just those that are commencing today. Dr. Davis uh, almost stole my thunder today when he was talking about the conditions of the world. Well, I'm not going to rehearse all the negatives, but I'll just mention a few. Uh, How about our economy, the uncertainties that are there, uh, the collapsing stock market in the last couple of days, and all of those things? How about war? You know, war that could not just be far away from us, but uh, could at any moment be a war that's brought very close to us. How about the political situation in our country? Uh, How about the opposition and the near persecution of anyone that holds biblical values for their lives and practices them and vocalizes them? How a society wants to shut down uh, all of that. Ladies, how about going to the grocery store and seeing shortages? Uh, The one this morning they're talking about is baby formula. It's not going to affect my house very much, all right? Uh, But it might affect some of you and some of you uh, young people in the near future. We don't know. The, the, The situation in our country and in our world is unprecedented. It's, it's hard to keep up uh, with the news. You know, when I was a young man, uh, there was something that was in the news, and that would dominate the news for days on days. And today, there's some big event, and it'll dominate the news for an afternoon. And then there's something else, and there's something else. And that's the world in which we are called to serve and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So while the world, many of the people of the world, are paralyzed with fear, those of us that follow Jesus should be able to live with confidence and purpose. And that's what God will allow you to do as you walk in his will, as you follow him. We are living in a wilderness today. And that little song that was sung in Sunday school, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness and all I have to do is follow. And that's all we need to do. We can, we can live with confidence and victory in this life, and we know that we're fulfilling the purpose of God simply by following Jesus. So if you note the passage, many of you probably uh, are not holding a physical copy of the Bible, but maybe you have an electronic one today. You'll notice that twice in the passage that was read, we read, follow me, follow thou me. And so Jesus repeats the command for great emphasis. You know, we can follow Jesus because he knows what's best for us, and he's able to control the events surrounding our lives. We can follow him in all things, even when we don't know what the future may bring, what the next day may bring. God the Father knows us, and he has a purpose for each of us. 
And our God has the power to fulfill the purpose that he has for each of us. We are in the hands of a great and sovereign God. Now, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter declares three times that he loves the Lord. In each each case that he does that, Jesus replied, commanding Jesus or Peter to feed or shepherd his sheep. And it's in the last affirmation, Peter declares that the Lord knows all things. You know, Lord, and then he says later, Lord, you know all things. You know my heart. You know my desire to serve you. Uh, You know my love for you. There's nobody's love that is perfect, and certainly Peter's wasn't. But the best way he knew how, he was expressing his love for the Lord Jesus Christ in serving him. And so then the Lord tells Peter that his love is going to be greatly challenged. He reveals to him that one day he's going to face martyrdom. So graduates and all of us, as you face the future with the many decisions and difficulties, how do we face such things as martyrdom, the possibility of that? Well, follow Jesus. That's the goal. Follow Jesus. It is our duty to follow him. We can trust the Lord for our future, including all the trials that will come, as well as the time and the manner of our own death. Jesus does know all things. He knew Peter's future, including how and when he would die. Notice the words, verily, verily, I say unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Verse 18. These are words of certainty. Uh, As you go through John's gospel, do you recognize that that terminology is used 25 times? Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Born again, verily, verily, you're not going to go to heaven unless you've been born anew of God's spirit, unless you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him as your savior for forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and a future in heaven. There's no other way to do it. It's not church membership. It's not doing good. It's not, nothing else. And so that's an emphasis of John chapter 3. But over and over again we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. It's a certainty that if you trust Christ, you'll have life and you'll have it now and you'll have it forever. The next verse says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. It's talking about a resurrection, specifically a resurrection unto life for all those that have trusted Christ. They have life now and they have life in resurrection and they have life in heaven forevermore. Verily, verily. John chapter 6, verse 47. I'm not going to do all 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. It is a present possession. And so, just as certainly as Jesus offers eternal life to everyone that believes, so he promises just as certainly that Peter would die a martyr's death. He's not going to retire and live the good life. He's going to serve Jesus, he's going to follow him, and then he's going to be taken, and his death is going to be that of martyrdom. 
And so Peter lived the rest of his life, perhaps 30 years or more, with this certainty, with this prediction hanging over him. And so he knew that there was going to be, and there was a great cost in serving Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the cost today, but serving the Lord Jesus Christ is not the easiest path, but it's the blessed path. It's the path of joy. It's the path of purpose. It's the path of fulfillment. It's the path that the Lord Jesus Christ is on, and we follow him in communion and fellowship with him. According to one commentator, that phrase, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, was commonly understood in the ancient world to refer to crucifixion. The, the, the subject, the prisoner, would stretch out his hands to be bound with ropes to the crossbeam that would lead then to crucifixion, would place him there. And that's certainly what Jesus meant. And so Jesus tells Peter that others would gird him and then would carry him. He says, carry thee whither thou wouldest not. That means somebody's going to take you where you don't want to go, Peter. It's not going to be your choosing. We don't seek martyrdom. We don't say, hey, I'm going to go out and die for Jesus. No, uh, Jesus wants us to die for him and then live for him. That's die to self. So we don't seek it. But we know that he's with us if he takes us there. Our goal should be to glorify God by our life and by our death. Philippians chapter 1, 20 and 21, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, that with all boldness as always, so now Christ should be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Either way, for to me to live is Christ, I'm going to live for him, and when I die, die is gain. So if you want to glorify God in your death, you'll have to follow him in your life. You'll need to live for Christ today. Jesus says, follow me. What's it mean to follow Christ? Well, it means to obey him, to obey his commands, to live by his power, to strive for his character. In John chapter 12, in verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Serving Christ involves following Christ and Following Christ involves serving Christ. And then we want to advance his work through the church. He loved the church and gave himself for it. We want to leverage every talent, every gift, every asset for his purpose. We want to preach and teach the gospel uh, to everyone. Mark chapter 4 and verse 19 says, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. That's evangelism. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 14, we're to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. It's a, it's a life of purpose when we do. And so, graduate in all of us, I would say, as we face the future, with all of its difficulties and all of its trials, follow Jesus. It's our duty. Follow Jesus because it's our unique duty. What is that to thee? Well, this man's going to, what? What's going to happen to him, Peter says? What's going to happen to John? What's that to you? You have a unique responsibility to follow me, and the path that I have for you may be completely different than the path I have for someone else.
It's none of your business what I do with John. Your business is to follow me. Jesus is Lord, and he has the authority to determine our ministry or our vocation and everything about it, its kind, its length, its vocation or location, how and when we die, all of that is the choosing of the Lord. And so you're not following the Lord as he commanded until you're willing to do whatever he wants you to do. And I trust that every one of our graduates has come to that place in their life when they say, Lord, uh, it's not about me, it's about you. Uh, Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am willing to do. Only then can we say that we're really following the Lord Jesus Christ. We're really pursuing uh, his will. We have to trust the Lord for how and where we serve him, and we should never compare ourselves to others. Uh, You know, I've had some experience teaching young children. That might surprise you. And uh, if you try to divide something up, you know, maybe you're having a program and you you say, hey, we got a big cookie here. That's divided up, and you cut it, you break it or whatever, and try to give half to one and half to the other. And first thing you know, somebody got a bigger peace than the other. Taint fair, just ain't fair, all right? And that's, that's really built in to our old sinful nature that we look at things and we always think that we have gotten the short end. Well, I'm going to tell you that God never shortchanges his children. He always gives us exactly what we need and the amount that we need and when we need it. God knows exactly what he's doing. It's certainly helpful to learn from other people that have different gifts and abilities, but it's not helpful to compare our ministries to theirs. Well, I've got some great friends. I really do. I'd like to be half the soul winner of my friend Doug Jackson. I'd like to have half the teaching skills of someone sitting behind me, Dr. David Saxon. I'd like to have the administrative ability of Dr. Matt Davis, but I don't have their abilities. God has made me differently, and God's given me other strengths. And God will give you exactly what you need, and he'll place you where you can be used effectively uh, in his ministry. Now, graduate, he has a place for you. As I prayed for you just a little while ago, I prayed that God would put you in strategic places for strategic ministries, and I will continue to do that. You have a specific sphere of influence. There are people all around you, and that will be true in the future, who will never come to know Jesus unless you tell them. But your witness will be blunted, and it will be ineffective unless you're following Jesus with your life, unless you plan to do his will to allow him to use you. Remember that following Jesus is the only worthwhile path for this life. Some of you may still think that the life consists of jobs and things and family. No. Life, real life, abundant life, does not consist of the things we possess or the people we know or the places we have been or the degrees we have obtained. No, life, the life of reward here and in eternity consists of following Jesus every day. And so as we face the future, these decisions, these difficulties, the opportunities maybe that God gives us, follow Jesus. It's our duty. Follow Jesus. It's our unique duty. Follow Jesus. It's our first and final duty. Jesus issued the same command, follow me, at the beginning of the Gospel of John. John 1 and verse 43. 
Philip was called to follow Jesus. But the, but the context has John and Peter and Andrew and Nathaniel and, yes, Philip, all following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we begin in our Christian walk. We've believed on him, and now we follow him. Later, John records the words of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. That's the characteristic of a true believer, that they follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember when I was baptized as a 20-year-old young man, Saved just a short time. I remember, I'll never forget the day of my baptism. We had to borrow a baptistry because I was attending a church plant at that time. And so we borrowed a baptistry in a big Baptist church on the other side of town, Cincinnati, Ohio. And I went in there in in the tank, so to speak, the baptistry. And the pastor said, Marty, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I I said, yes, I have. And he says, is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? And I said, Pastor, yes. He said, died to the old life, raised again to the new life, and I was a happy man that day. I had already been saved. I had already died to the old life. I would already been raised to newness of life, to walk in the power of God with the destination of heaven. But that day was a public testimony that it was my desire to serve him every day until I die. That is my purpose. And may I suggest to you that's not just the purpose of the preacher. It's not just a deacon purpose. That's the purpose of every blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We're to glorify him in our body and our spirit, which are God's. Follow Jesus, it's our duty. Follow Jesus, it's our unique duty. Follow Jesus, it's our first and final duty. It's our final duty because twice over he mentions till he comes. If I will that he continue till I come, what is that to thee? Till I come. There was a false narrative out there, you know, that... Somebody was going to live forever, evidently, never going to die. And Jesus corrected all that. No, no. There's coming a time when I am returning. There's coming a time when I'm going to break through those clouds. I'm going to call my people up to be with them. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm looking forward to that. And we have a name for that around here. It's called Maranatha. You know, the Lord comes, or Lord come. That's what we believe. And you know what that tells me? Among other things, it tells me that life has an end. This world's not going to continue the way it is right now forever. If you've read the last book of the Bible, you know that's true. And it ends, even so, come, Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is coming back. Life has an end, and life has a purpose, and God knows what he's doing. And if you're serving him, and you're following him, you're fulfilling the greatest purpose for all of life, the reason why you have been created, and the reason why you have been redeemed. Follow Jesus, it's our duty. Follow Jesus, our unique duty. It's our first and final duty. And finally, 
follow Jesus. Why? Why should I follow Jesus? He's the one who commands our duty, and he is God. Sometimes I think preaching goes over people's heads. You may be visiting today, and you say, well, you know, why should I follow Jesus? A lot of religions out there. No, Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. He's the one that came into time, took upon himself flesh, lived a perfect life, and died at Calvary's cross, not for his own sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Our text mentions in verses 24 and 25, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written of him. You know why? Because you can never exhaust God. You can never tell the whole story. That's what eternity is going to be about. That's going to be what we're going to do forever and ever is to know more of God. He's going to disclose more and more of himself to us face-to-face, ever-expanding communion with Jesus Christ forever and ever. He's God. That's who he is. You back up one chapter, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. It says, and many other signs, miracles, truly, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. What a tragedy it would be for someone to come to an event like this, to come on the campus of Maranatha Baptist University, established for the propagation of the gospel and the advancement of the local church in this dispensation, and leave here not knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. Leave here lost in your sins and headed for a Christless eternity. What a tragedy. What a tragedy it would be for friends or family members of these graduates to be so close to the truth and so close to the gospel that would save their soul and grant them eternal life forever. You miss it. Don't miss it today. Recognize that the most important decision that you can ever make is to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and then begin following him. Graduates, are you following Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus for your future? Are you faithfully serving him now and is that your purpose for the future? Are you living in the light of his promise to return? Follow Jesus, it's our duty. Follow Jesus, it's our unique duty. Follow Jesus, it's our first and final duty. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, if there's anyone in my hearing today that's never trusted Christ, that they're still working to try to make their place in heaven, Lord, May they see as a sinner they'll never be able to cancel out their sins and their separation from you. And then, Father, I pray for these graduates. I pray, God, that they would purpose and whatever calling that they have from you, that they will serve you with all of their heart, that they will fulfill your purposes, they will follow you all the days of their life. And, Lord, now as we receive an offering I pray that it would be used to the advancement of these purposes to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.